Hello there, you radiant human being. Welcome to episode 34 of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm Claire Tuning. I'm your host. You know that if you've been here before, but if you're new, welcome to the show. I'm truly glad to have you tuning in. How many puns can I make on my last name? Seriously, it's getting a little bit out of hand. Maybe that's why I like making puns so much is because my last name lends me to do it so much with this career. But anywho, super excited for today's episode. I have a really awesome special guest who whenever I talk to her, I feel uplifted. Like we ended this podcast interview a couple of weeks ago, probably almost a month a month ago at this point, and I just felt better and like a happier version of me after talking to today's guest. So I can't wait for you guys to get the little gift that is today's podcast episode. But before I intro our guest, I want to focus on the Yours Truly Goal Slaying Facebook post of the week. I think I'm going to make this a weekly thing, guys. If you've been tuning into my episodes up until now, you've noticed for like the past, I don't know, 10, 12 episodes, I've been featuring a really awesome post that has come up in my private Facebook community. I've been reading it here so that you guys, the audience, get all of the value, not all of the value, you can come hang out with us to get all of the value, but you get some value from what other people are learning in this Facebook community. And I just love to see how people take the thoughts from this intuitive journey, put them into their own words and articulate them in a way that resonates with them and other people in the group. So today's post comes from a current client of mine, and it is a beautiful post, a little bit longer than some other ones that I've read, but I think that all of it is important, so I'm going to read it all. So she says, As a client of Claire's, I am given this tool called Healthy, an app on which I can journal about my meals and my movement, where my goals are stored, and where I can ask questions. Claire gives daily feedback, which is amazing. But this week, I decided that I needed to do something different. I realized there were themes that kept popping up on my journey that I wasn't quite grasping in order to move forward, and I wanted to figure out what they were and what was holding me back. Hint, it's me. So I went through every entry and message from the past two months. Today I had my call with Claire, and from all of this data, she was able to see what I was doing that was making my life so difficult for me. And she says, see flowchart. I drew her a little chart that she has a picture of here. It was one of those things that would have hurt if it wasn't absolutely true from a person I trust and something that I know will be transformative. What is the fuel for this vicious cycle? Perfectionism. I don't want people to know that I'm imperfect, even though that it's very obvious because of the undeniable fact that I am human. I don't like asking for help or admitting that I need help because I believe I should not need it. But the truth is, everybody needs help and that's okay. I'm not meant to do this alone. I disclosed this with other clients of Claire's this week. It's not about the food. Food is just food. All this trouble, the reason I am seeking help is because I am trying to repair my relationship with myself. I keep poking holes in my own boat, to borrow one of Claire's podcast analogies, and leave myself floundering so I look to other people's opinions as a lifeboat. Their boats are only built for one person, so then I fall off and start again. Now I am learning how to patch up the holes in my own boat while borrowing some people's tools and taking their advice, and someday I will be able to sail. I said it at the beginning of the year, and I will say it again. I I am a person of value, and I will keep working to treat myself as such. I thought that was 
one of the most wonderful posts I had ever read, especially how she took my podcast analogy from a few weeks ago. I believe that was episode 29 or 30 if you want to go back and listen to how to not poke holes in your own boat. But she took that analogy and she expanded on it. So poking holes in your own boat is like, what the heck are you doing that you know isn't good for you and that you know isn't adding value to your life? So she realized she's not only poking holes in her own boat that leaves herself floundering, but then she looks to other people's opinions, which all of us do, right? As a lifeboat. We're like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Let me get in your boat because my boat is too rocky and unstable for myself. And then what we find out when we keep turning to other people is that, hey, their boat is only meant for one person, right? And for us to be truly sustainable or truly sustainable in sailing the journey, we have to figure out how to patch the holes in our own boat to repair that relationship with ourselves and our relationship with food and our own body before we can sail alongside other boats and live the life that we want to live, right? Looking to other people for advice, for opinions is definitely okay to a point, but you got to learn to turn to yourself first and fix what's going on in your life first and foremost. So shout out to my amazing client. Thank you for sharing that wonderful post. And if you are listening to me, you just sounded really weird when I said that. If you are listening to me reading this post and you're like, I want to be in the community where messages like this are coming out, where I can read this information, you know, I post videos and trainings in there. This community is open and free for you to join. All you have to do in order to get in this community is fill out a brief application so I can get to know a little bit about you. I'll send you a free guide when you give me your email address and also so I can make sure that this stays the best, most positive place on the internet. So in order to find that application, you can do one of two things. You can connect with me on Instagram at Claire Tuning. The link for that application lives in my bio, so you got to click it. You know, the link to the application will be living there. You will be able to see it. Once you fill it out, I'll reach out to you with further instruction on how to join. The other way you can connect with me to join this group is to send me a friend request on Facebook. My name is Claire Tuning very simple. Send me a message telling me that you listen to the podcast, you're loving what you're hearing, and you want to join the community, and then I will send you the application that way. Bottom line, this is your open invitation that if anything we talk about on this podcast is helpful for you and you want to take it a step farther and not only get the information in your own ears, but be surrounded by a community of people who are learning and walking a similar path, then this is a place for you to come hang out. So take me up on the offer. I dare you. But da, 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 fancy transition music, as you guys know from last, I think I'm going to start implementing that, like doing my own sound effects because I'm not fancy enough to add actual sound effects in. But like, I think it's cool. It's more unique that way, right? So that was my fancy sound effect to transition 180 the conversation here to introduce my wonderful guest. Her name is Katie Henderson. I have had the pleasure of knowing and connecting with Katie for, I don't know, the past five, six months now. It's been a while on Instagram. We share our business mentor and our coach, Tony Steffen. So shout out to him for putting together such a wonderful group of people in the I Believe Mentorship 
but Katie is a wonderful ray of light, and you will be able to hear that in simply how she talks in this episode. Her personality and her vibrance really shines through and in how she talks about food and movement, and I actually had the pleasure of connecting with her in person this past January at the first I Believe Mentorship Retreat in New York City, and it's always so fun and fascinating for me to meet friends IRL as the kids say in real life. So you know each other on Instagram. I love her content and it was so great to get to know her in person. But Katie, if you're wondering who the heck is she? What does she do? She's going to give you her full intro and a little bit of her backstory in the podcast, but I can tell you she is a personal trainer and a nutrition coach who helps women regain that sense of confidence that is sometimes lost in the crazy restriction dieting process. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Since Katie is a personal trainer, I really tried to make the most of this interview about how the heck can we move freely, right? In in my program and in the gentle nutrition approach, I have three pillars. Eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely. And Katie and I really focused in on that move freely pillar today because her motto is movement is medicine. And I couldn't believe that to be more true. When you find a movement practice that you love, your your life lights up, right? You know, you, you feel great. You feel great mentally and physically. And we, one of the things we go over is, well, how do I find that practice that I love? And how do I kind of take the idea of movement and instead of allowing it to be something that controls me and something that's negative, we reframe it and it's more of an adventure and how can I explore different things and connect with new people? And even on the flip side of that conversation, we even talk about how do I know if I'm doing too much? Like if my movement practice is becoming no longer moving freely because I'm overextending myself and I'm not honoring my body, on that level. So we go over so many things in this episode, and I know you will get a ton of value. If you want to connect with Katie, she tells you to how she tells you how to at the end. I would highly recommend that you do. But without further ado, I'm gonna do another fancy transition. Da-da-da-da-da. Here's Katie. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Yours Julie Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Katie Henderson, welcome to the show all the way from colder than Virginia, Michigan. Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> wow. So I've never I've never been to Michigan and actually how how wow. we are connected. Our our mutual friend and business mentor, Tony, he he lives in Michigan. He was joking the last time we all got together, like like the reason I haven't made a retreat yet in Michigan is because like I don't know if anybody wants to like come <laughs> there as a destination. I'm like I would go, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'm like, obviously right now it's winter. So please like do not come to Michigan for a destination right now. You will like, you will be not happy with your decision. But um, I told him like in, when it comes like summertime, when the weather is nice, spring, summer, fall are all nice here. Like we have to get our group together. We have to have a mentorship here because I mean, I love my city. I love Detroit. It got such a bad rap for so long, but it has come back 
like crazy. And there's so many cool things to do in Detroit. So I want him to have one here. I'm like, I'll show him around. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's cool to always like explore a city with someone who has lived there for a while, because then you're not like yeah. a slave to Yelp. Like I hate, like ask anyone I've traveled with, like I yeah. hate Yelp. I don't like going because I just get the, the anxiety of overwhelm of information. So I'd rather just have like an actual human who's like, no, go here, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, Detroit is coming back like crazy. So I, I'm hoping one day he does bring it here. So have you always lived there? Are you born and raised or did you move there more recently? No, born and raised. I actually live in Royal Oak right now. I was born in Royal Oak, Michigan. Um, besides, I lived in Australia for one year. Um, but besides that, <laughs> Yeah, just just a little ways away. Besides that, I've been in Michigan my whole life pretty well. Okay. So I'm I'm curious, and then obviously we'll get your backstory. I I knew after hanging out with you a bit in New York at the last um, retreat event that you had a period of time where you did go to Australia. So was Mm -hmm. that just like out of curiosity? Did you have a reason to go or is that just like your adventurous exploring self? You know, I think I hit a point where it was like, when I was younger, I feel like I did everything like the right way. And then when I got to my mid twenties, you know, a lot of my friends were getting married, having kids, which is amazing and beautiful. And I just wasn't at that point. And I just had this like desire to kind of like branch out a bit. And I'm like, you know, my life hasn't really gone the way I thought it would. And let's embrace that. And so, yeah, I did hair in Australia for, um, for almost a year at a Nevada salon. I used wow. to be a hair so former hairstylist, now personal trainer, nutrition coach. I, I can, maybe there's a transition there. Like I could see it, you know? <laughs> well, for me, it's like, I really like to make people feel good. Okay. And I feel like in hair, I did that to a certain extent. Like when I did everybody's hair, like I loved how they felt when they left. Cause I, they felt like I love my hair. I look beautiful. It was an amazing thing. So I kind of look at it as this is next level. Like I was working more on the outside. Now I'm like working on the inside with people and helping them. So oh, I, I see what you did there. I love the transition. <laughs> I remember when I didn't, cause I've been following you. I've like air quotes here, known you for a while now. Yeah. And I've been following you on social media and getting to know your content, but I didn't know that in a past life air quote, again, you were a hairdresser in the moment that I realized that I was like, <gasps> it all makes sense now because if you follow Katie, we'll talk about how to get to her Instagram towards the end of the episode, but like your hair, like the curls and it's just like so voluptuous and like, it just like radiates. Like there's an energy coming from your hair that I can feel all the way in Virginia. And I was like, Oh my God, it makes so much sense that she used to be a hairdresser because like her hair is just always on fleek. So in idea of, you know, you and your past life being a hairdresser, tell us a little bit about, cause I always say, tell us because I know you, but there's always like more layers right. to the story. But um, for anyone who doesn't know you, doesn't follow you, tell us a little bit about how you came to be where you are now and what led you to this, to this field. Yes, that I would love to. So I actually, I graduated high school and started college when I was really young. I think I was like 17. Oh, wow. When I I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was one of the youngest ones in my grade. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. And my, uh, I knew I wanted to work with people. And my dad's like, hey, you should try nursing. So um, I passed out of the side of blood. So that didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> so I lasted maybe one semester. And then I decided to transition to hair. Um, I was in the beauty industry for almost 10 years with Aveda. Um, and I loved it and had a piece of my heart, but I, I've always kind of wanted more. Um, and it was, it was a funny transition. I mean, for me, it was a very natural transition. I, um, when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader in 
I never, I mean, being healthy was always a part of my life, but it was never super important to me. And, um, I, my entire life, I was just really, I was self-conscious. I was worried about what people thought of me. I never thought, you know, I was always worried about my body. And I hit this point in my twenties where you, your metabolism starts changing. Everything just kind of creeps up on you. And I like had this moment where I'm like, I am so unhappy with myself. I'm so unhappy with the way I look. Um, and I decided to start making changes, which is what kind of transitioned me into this industry. So I ended up losing about 30 pounds. Um, in that journey was a lot of ups and downs, which I feel like has brought me to where I am as a coach right now. Um, I think getting into it, I wasn't super familiar with it. So I made a lot of the mistakes that, that most people make a lot of the fad diets, you know, trying to completely cut out carbs, trying to go on cleanses, trying supplements, this and that. I mean, it was, it was kind of, you know, a three or four year journey for me, um, to get me to where I'm at. But, um, yeah, I, I ended up long story short, I ended up losing about 30 pounds and I just found this insane passion to help people because I felt so good on the inside. I'm like, how do I make other people feel like this? I was on this journey and it wasn't just a physical journey for me. It was this huge mental transformation as well. Um, And I just wanted to help other people feel like that because I feel like so many other women were in the same place. So I ended up um, getting my personal training certification, getting my group fitness certification, then my nutrition coach. And it's just kind of snowballed from there. And now I just am like diving into this industry and I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I feel like you and I, like, you know, when you meet somebody or when you have a conversation with someone, you can almost, and this is going to sound like so woo woo, but like, would you really expect anything else from me? It's like, you almost feel like I was talking about the energy of your hair, right? You feel like the energy of a human. And I feel like you and I connect very well because when you were just talking through your story, I found multiple points of similar connection. Like I used yeah. to be a leader and, you know, health had always been a part of my life, but I knew it wasn't just about, you know, how I was looking. And if you're unhappy, like it really is about how you're feeling on the inside. And that's kind of how I came to it as well. It's like, man, I've discovered this thing within me and I want to help other people find their own truth in that way. So one thing that I'm kind of hearing throughout your story, like an overarching theme is in your quest to feel better in your own skin and in your own body, it was, it was an internal transformation as well. Right. And you were kind of talking about, you got caught up in in the fad diets and, you know, you have to eat this way or you have to look a certain way. And I feel like, unfortunately, that's the route that a lot of people go down for a certain amount of time where they kind of get wrapped in that, like, oh, it's just about how I present myself to the outside world, right? Kind of what you said earlier, like you spent a lot of your twenties trying to please and figure out what other people wanted from you. But now you're sitting here telling me like, there's so much more than that. And it's so much bigger. And it really is about the internal trans transformation as well. So one thing I'm curious to know is like, what do you think some of the, the biggest things in that internal and that mental shift were from you kind of stepping away from, Oh, I have to do this certain thing or I have to cut out carbs in order to be quote healthy, but rather it's about the internal transformation. Like what were some of the steps that you went through? If that makes sense. Yeah. So I think starting out for me, um, like I started on this journey when social media really began to get big and all of these influencers started. I mean, where this is, I guess I'm 32. I started this journey when I was probably 26, 27. Um, and it was, 
I think it was eye-opening. I mean, for, for a while, you just, you're going from page to page and everybody is giving different information and somebody posts a transformation and you're like, oh my gosh, what did they do? Let me try that for a week. Oh my gosh, what did they do? Let me try that. And I, I feel like now it's more common to understand that um, that isn't the case. And a lot of what we see on social media is fake or is disguised as something else or Maybe they did do that, but that's not a majority of people. That's a very, very small percentage. And even if it did work, that's not necessarily healthy mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the biggest step for me was I was focusing only on the outside. I was focusing on my physical appearance. And when you only focus on physical appearance, you fail. Because it doesn't matter what weight you're going to be. It doesn't matter how you look, what body fat percentage, how much weight you can lift. You are not going to be happy with yourself if you're only focusing on physical appearance. Mm -hmm. So I think that biggest connection is realizing that I have more value than, than just what my body looks like. And I have a lot going on on the inside that I need to fix um, before the outside can get fixed. And it was really when I made that inside connection and that mental connection and I'm by no means perfect. Like it is something I still struggle with. I think as women, we struggle with it in general, you know, comparing ourselves or feeling like we should be like somebody else, especially with social media. But, but realizing that I do have more value on the inside, like making that connection is really mental pieces first. And when that is in place, your body will follow. And it sounds crazy to say, and it's hard to understand unless it's something that you've really done. Um, but I just, I tell all of my coaching clients this, that you have to trust me. If my biggest fear is that we get to your goal weight and you still don't love your body and you still you look in the mirror. That to me would be failing. It doesn't matter what the weight is on the scale. I want you to look at yourself and be like, I am strong. I'm a badass. I am amazing. Um, and I've hit my goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, one thing that you said, um, really reminds me of a, of a quote that I say a lot in yoga. And when I'm teaching, it's like where your attention is, that's where your energy is going to flow. Like, LOL, how many times can Claire say the word energy in a podcast? Right. But if your attention is always on the appearance or looking a certain way to someone else, then your energy is going to flow into that bucket. Right. And all of your efforts are going to be placed on my success is dictated on just how I look right. Rather than focus your attention on like, well, what other beautiful things do I have to offer as a human being? Like, who am I except for just how I look, right? And when we start to realize like, hey, I'm a coach or I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a girlfriend, a spouse, whatever all these things are, then our attention and our energy can kind of flow to those places. And we realize that the health journey is so multidimensional, right? It's not just about cutting out the cars or just about how you look. Right. And one of the things that you said too, do you follow, um, Gary, Gary V at all? Gary, Gary V. I'm I'm assuming I was like, she has to, right? Like she's an entrepreneur like myself, like who doesn't, but one of the things he brought up social media that I love that he says is, you know, everyone now is thinking like, Oh, social media has changed us. Like we're so terrible now because we're so consumed by our phones. But 
in reality, it hasn't really changed us. It's just exposed us, right? So it exposes us to the millions and billions of people in the world who are all doing different things and all have different opinions and all look a certain way. So of course, how could we not fall into the trap of comparison, right? So I think for me and kind of how I relate this to myself or my clients is like, I just try not to put all of my attention in that one place, right? Because if all your attention is there, then your energy is going to flow there. And then of course you're going to be feeling stuck in comparison because that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, it will consume you. I mean, it honestly will. Like there are days where I even still have to reel it back in and be like, no, you need to stop because you're at one person's page and then another and then another. And all of a sudden you're like, why am I not in Italy living this amazing blogger life? I don't understand. What have I done wrong? Like I I have good hair. Like I, I have cool things to say. How am I not like... It's, but then you have to reel it back in and be like, that's not real life. That is such a snippet of somebody's piece of life. And I think that we, we always think like, I wish I could have that. I wish I could have this. And, and I, we have to get rid of that. I even tell all of my clients, we have to get rid of that because the more you try and be somebody else, the more you try and compare yourself to somebody else, the smaller you make yourself. Mm. And that's heartbreaking. Like you have, like, we all have so much value and we're all so powerful and we have, you know, our, our own like, like image. And it's just like, it's amazing. We have to own that. And, and the more you try and be somebody else, the smaller you make that. And that's, what's really cool about you. That's what makes you unique. So we should start owning that. Mhm mhm. I um I agree with the thing that you said about you know when you get kind of sucked into like clicking and landing on people's pages yeah. and it's like I need to stop. Have you ever seen I think it was How I Met Your Mother. Have you ever watched that show? Um maybe one or two episodes, but not like a, I'm not like an avid watcher. Yeah, they have like an overarching theme of this friend group whenever someone is doing something that isn't good for them, um they stage interventions and like the friend walks in and there's a banner that says intervention and I feel like that is like me sometimes with myself and I know you probably resonate with this too. It's like when I have one of those days where I'm just like click 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 and I'm like why aren't I doing this? Like I'm so bad. Like why isn't my business growing like that? It's like whoa, intervention. <laughs> let's stop here, right? Because one thing I even relate it to, and this is how we can tie it back into the health journey, your nutrition journey, whatever, your business journey, like whatever it is, because everything's on social media, right? I have this analogy of like poking holes in your boat. Because obviously if you envision yourself as a boat and you have a bunch of holes in your boat, then you're going to sink, right? So it's kind of figuring out like what activities are you engaging in that you're just like hammering away some holes in your boat and taking on water, right? And if you identify that some days social media is like that for you, then it's like, how can I put my time and attention elsewhere and then come back when I'm feeling like the hole is better patched, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, you, you have to do that. I mean, you have sometimes you have to like reel it back in. I think we, we were even talking about this at one point as far as like, like sometimes you have to focus on what's, what's most important. And for me, like I love coaching. I love my clients more than anything. Like I, like I am insanely passionate about it. Like if anybody knows me in my life, it's like, if I can help you in any way, like that is what I'm here for. And I think sometimes it's reeling it back in and, and there's so much image involved in social media and you sort of are putting yourself in the spotlight and sometimes that can be create like insecurities and it makes you question yourself all the time. So sometimes it's even reeling that back in and putting the focus on other people for me is what really helps me like 
you know, I, I'll get on the phone with my coaching clients and talk to them. And they're like, you just helped me so much. And even that little piece right there just like brings it all, all back to life. It like brings me down to like real world. Like, no, this is why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. It's little glimpses like that. And I'll like vouch for you here with the mic. Um, Katie actually came into my Facebook community a couple of weeks ago at this point, And you're talking about something that I want to get into here. This will actually be a good segue yeah. with my next question. Um, about smooth. her involvement, <laughs> smooth, smooth, like peanut butter, right? Even though I do like crunchy peanut butter, but anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> you came into my Facebook group and you were talking about your practice with movement and how you kind of convey this to your clients. And afterwards kind of talking about here, like coming with the giving hand and just being of service and so helpful, like this girl, you, like I'm, I'm looking at her in the camera right now. Like she put together, um, like a, a plan list of exercises that people can do at home or even at the gym and like complete with tutorial videos that were linked on YouTube. Like did not ask. I wasn't like, Hey, can you like throw together this one thing? Like, no, didn't even ask for it. Like, <laughs> charge me for it. She was just like, here, take this. Like people, she even like put move freely at the top, which is like the tagline that we use for movement in my program. So <laughs> you with that, that was amazing. And if anybody's listening to this and you're like, Oh my God, I want that reach out to us and we'll make sure to, to get it to you. Yeah, amazing resource. But if, so go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. No, I was so excited to be in there because I, I am like, I love working out. I love movement. I love strength training. Um, especially, I mean, I think I work a lot with women, um, but for women and men, strength training is so important. Um, but I, I also, think, I love your tagline move freely, which is why I put it at the top, because I think exercise sometimes gets, you know, demonized or it feels like a chore and move freely just really kind of lightens it up. And I tell everybody that I think movement is medicine and I don't think exercise should be a punishment whatsoever. I think it should be a celebration of what our bodies can do. And there are exercises for everybody at every level, um, which is why I love posting videos on Instagram. And it may seem cliche, but it's like, hey, if I can give somebody a workout that they can do at home, they can do anywhere, or even that they can have fun with, like my job is done. Like, I love it. I, I want people to move. I want you to you know, tag me in your videos. I want you to get a good workout in at home. Like, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. And and I can, I hope everyone listening, I feel like a lot of the times tone of voice can convey someone's passion and how much they love something. And I think you're doing a great job. Like you can tell, like you're almost leaping through your computer screen right now, like telling me how excited you are about movement. Right. And I I love it. Um, so I definitely, I want to go into this idea of your, your tagline, like movement is medicine or mine, like move freely because how I see movement, I think really aligns with how you see movement and that it shouldn't be a punishment. It shouldn't be like, ugh, I have to do this thing because my coach says so and I want to lose weight, right? Like let's reframe it and let's say like, it is so amazing that like one, you're even alive with like the genetic code that you do have. Like you're like one and how many, right? It's unreal. And then you have the ability, um, you know, wherever you are, whoever you are, if you have the ability, if you're lucky enough to be able to move, right? If you've been gifted the ability to move around and use your body, like why not try to discover movement or explore it in a way or talk about it in a way, even that it's like, man, I get to do this thing and I get to celebrate my body. Right. And that's going to be different for everyone. Right. Like for you, that may be strength training and like, you love it for some people that may be CrossFit for some people that may be yoga, right. It's different for everybody. So I kind of want to know from you, since I'm on this, this idea of it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think that 
there are different stages with this, right? It's kind of like different people are the, like the readiness of change, right? Like everyone is going to approach this idea of movement in a different way. So maybe let's start out at the, the very beginning stage where if, for example, someone is listening, has had a really negative relationship with movement in the past, it w- like left a very bitter taste in their mouth because it just wasn't fun. They were using it for, you know, negative reasons, whatever. They were even maybe abusing exercise and they're trying yeah. to frame it in their mind in a way that is more positive, or maybe even they've like never ever love to move because it has been framed as something that is you have to, and it's negative, right? So what advice would you give to someone in that very beginning stage? It's like trying to figure out what would work for them in a positive way. Like how would you help them start? Yeah, absolutely. I think one is understanding that we become really good at what we do or don't do. If we don't move, our body becomes very good at not moving, and it makes it a lot more difficult to start moving. If you start moving more, your body starts to become better at moving. So it is a hard transition to make if it's not something that you're used to doing, Um, but it's a really amazing connection to start making, and our bodies are made to move. They are not made to be sitting in a desk all day. They are not made to be sitting on a couch. They are meant to move. And when you start to realize that, um, amazing things can happen. So I think, I think it's first realizing that. I think the second thing to realize is that you don't have to be like everybody else. I think strength training gets this. I, I mean, I'm saying strength training because I love strength training and that, that's mainly what I do, but that doesn't even mean movement. I mean, it, it's different for everybody, but I think you see, again, coming to the comparison thing, you're seeing these pictures of of everyone online and you know it's like these insane olympic lifters or crossfit athletes or that doesn't have to be you that if if you don't like that don't do that don't feel like you have to be like somebody else or what's working for karen at work if she's going to a crossfit gym or a boot camp gym it's it's not going to work for you if you don't enjoy that um people think of exercise like they go this is the biggest issue i see They go from not exercising at all to one, getting a bad personal trainer who either injures them or pushes them too hard, or they feel like they're going to vomit. And then they never go back again, or they go to a boot camp style workout and get screamed at the whole time. And they're like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. I can't breathe. And someone's yelling at me. Like, I'm just going to go back to my little comfort zone at home, which is what I would do too. I mean, it, it can be very intimidating. So I think it's starting small, Um, starting by moving your body, working on foundational movements, um, even body weight. I mean, the whole program that I put together for for everybody, for your team was body weight movement because you have to start somewhere. Um, If you you don't have those foundational movements down, trying to add, you know, strength training or trying to add plyometrics to that is only going to create injuries and insecurities in working out. You, you want to get strong with your own body weight at first, with your foundation, and then go from there. Which is why I think if you're starting out, at home is a really good place to start because it is, it is comfortable for people. You can get stronger, you can notice changes, and then, and then move on from there. So if you're comfortable with getting a really good personal trainer at first, I mean, I, I always recommend that. I'm a personal trainer. Um, and, and if you have a good one, they're going to start you at your level working with your body and your goals. Um, so I think that's important. But if not, um, at home is a really good place to start. 
Mm -hmm. I feel like, and I obviously, I'm not a personal trainer. I teach yoga. So there's a little bit of overlap here and there. We're teaching exercise and we're teaching movement, but I think finding a good instructor or finding a good personal trainer is a lot like finding a good nutrition coach because you want someone who's going to listen, right? You want someone who's going to listen to your feedback, listen to your body language even, and let you know that like, hey, if you, like you were saying in the the format of going to a class or a boot camp and being yelled at, like, if that's not you, then you want someone who's going to be in tune enough to be like, oh, they don't respond to that and they need to be talked to in a different way or supported in a different way, right? And I think the really cool thing that you brought up is like, what works for you is not going to work for the next person or the next person. So something that, and we'll tie it in with food here, something I talk a lot about with intuitive eating and food, I almost encourage people in the first couple of months of working with me to enter what I call an exploratory phase with food. Because if they're coming out of, you know, dieting and whatever that means to whatever individual restriction, yeah, like the cycle, then you're probably going to be eating foods that may have a little bit of fear attached to them and may have a little bit of a negative connotation, right? So I say, let's level the playing field with food. Let's disassociate your worth from the food, right? And enter this phase that's fun and you can explore and just see how different foods make you feel, right? Physically and mentally. Same thing comes with exercise, right? Or movement. Yeah. Like enter a phase where it's like, if you have a bad taste left in your mouth from like boot camp that you hated, or if you've like never, if you've just gotten really good at not moving, like you said, right. If you've gotten adept at not doing that instead of like going to something one time and being like, Oh my God, I hate this. This is the worst. Why don't we say, okay, not for me. Thank you. Next. Right. Like Ariana would say. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Next. I absolutely love that. And I think that's where people come off the tracks with fitness and with nutrition as they want the quick fix. And if it doesn't work, they're out of there and back to their comfort zone and back to, you know, what they've tried the whole time that hasn't worked. And even though that doesn't really make sense, it's like, that's what they're comfortable with. So they naturally go back to that. But absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how many classes I've been to or personal training sessions I've been to where I know it's not for me, but I also know enough to not give up because it's something that I love and I can just be like, Hey, you know, probably not for me. Won't go back, but it was a cool experience. Like what did I learn from this situation? What's one thing I can grab from that? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's some people thrive off of, you know, a coach that's like super intense. And then for other people, that's very intimidating. And I do, I love group fitness. I, I'm glad you mentioned it. I know I said like boot camp and screaming at you. And I probably made group fitness sound like bad, but I'm also a group fitness instructor for Equinox gyms. And I, I absolutely love it. Group fitness is a really cool environment because what it does is it creates a comfort zone for people because instead of one-on-one training, they're with other people and some other people in that room aren't familiar either. And, and, you know, you you have people of all different fitness levels in a group fitness room. So it does create this comfort zone and it also creates community where you start pushing yourself a little bit harder um, than you would a workout by yourself. And it's like, Hey, this person's doing that. Let me try a little bit harder. And you also, you know, learn different cues and form from other people. And there's, there's just a really cool sense of community in a group fitness environment if you find the right one for you. So yeah, I, I love what you said. I'm definitely encouraging people to not give up. If you've tried classes and you haven't liked them, um, it doesn't mean you won't like classes in general. It just means that one wasn't for you. That's it. So keep trying. Like, don't give up. It is a process. 
fitness and nutrition is, is a process. It's not something that's going to change overnight. And there are bad habits that we have ingrained in us that are hard to break. And those take time. It will not happen in the first week, the second week, the third week. It probably won't happen in the third month, to be honest, but it will happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so on board with what you said about group exercise too, um, or group fitness. I taught throughout all of my undergrad career, mostly yoga, but I would kind of like dabble. And to be honest, that is, in my opinion, one of the best ways to enter that exploratory phase because like if you don't know how to do something and you're intimidated to walk into a certain part of the gym because you don't know the movement or maybe you don't want to invest in a personal trainer, then go to the class because you're going to be exposed to different types of movement. You're going to see what you like and you don't like. And if you go enough, then you're going to have enough moves or enough knowledge of form, right? To add to your tool belt and take to a setting like your home or maybe the weight room or someplace where you can do it individually. So that's why I love group exercise. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on is something that you said of not giving up after going to like one class. And I, I totally agree with that. Right. Because like we know, and this is coming back to like life cycle nutrition with babies, right? Like you can't feed a toddler or something one time. And if they spit it out, things like, Oh, they just don't like it. Like they have to be exposed to things multiple times. Right. And us too. But I think this kind of bridges an interesting conversation with intuition, which is something that I talk about a lot because I think your gut, like your, your gut feeling in a way is right more often than it's not. So like if you left a class the very first time and like, in your gut, you just knew like that wasn't for you. You hate that. And like, okay, let's try another class. Right. But like, if you're leaving and you're like, Oh, like I feel kind of ambivalent or kind of in the middle, then go back and try it another time. Just give it a little bit of time and explore all the different things before you decide like, this is for me and this isn't for me. Or maybe you'll even have a situation where you're like, I just feel elated after that class. I feel so great. And you know, like that's your thing, right? Like that's how I was. Girl, go back, keep going. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask you in this conversation of, of movement, one thing that I hear a lot from my clients and just from people on social media, um, especially when it comes to exercising at home or beginning a movement practice, it's maybe on the air quote lighter side, something like yoga, something like walking. I always hear, and maybe this is because of what we're ingrained to think and see on social media or what we're told is good enough air quotes. But what I hear from a lot of people is this fear of moving at home or going on walks as they get started in this journey isn't enough. And they're so fearful that they're not doing enough and they're not good enough because they're not like doing cardio or like throwing heavy, heavy things over yeah. there. So what would you say to someone in a position who's listening to this and saying like, okay, like I love moving my body, but not in ways that are so rigorous. Like, am I doing enough? Yes. I, and I think that's a topic. I mean, again, I think it ties into this whole podcast is feeling like you are enough, like constantly, like not comparing yourself to other people and what they are doing and only focusing on what you're doing. And I think for me, it's like, I tell all my clients, you have to stop attaching guilt to an action. Like, Hey, you just went for a walk. You just did an at-home workout. Why are you attaching guilt to that? Why are you feeling like that wasn't enough? Or like, Hey, just because you didn't go do an hour of slang and dumbbells around like Sally did, like, why does that make what you did not enough? 
if you felt good with what you just did, if your body feels good, if you're seeing results from that, what, what, where is that disconnect? Like, and again, I think it's just ingrained in us. It's habits and behaviors and thought patterns that we need to get away from of feeling like we're not enough. You know, we, we do these amazing things and then we attach guilt to that action and it should be the opposite. We should be celebrating that and our bodies will respond better it, like, like our, our mind is an amazing thing and it truly believes like our mind listens to our body and if we're doing things and trying to make improvements but constantly telling ourselves that we're not enough we're going to believe that and our body's going to respond that way so you have to do the opposite you have to tell yourself like i'm moving i'm getting stronger look at look how look at what i'm doing different from a month ago like how amazing is this instead of going the opposite way of i'm not doing enough Oh, I didn't lift enough weight today. I only worked out for a half hour. No, girl, you worked out for a half hour. Like celebrate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I am going to butcher who it is in our, in our group, in our, I believe team. I believe it's Kelsey Flanagan. She was on the podcast a while ago for anyone who sure. wants something else on comparison. You can go back to that episode, but she was talking mm-hmm. about the importance of being independently focused. And I think that really ties into our conversation here. It's like exactly what you said. Like we can stop attaching guilt to every little thing we do by simply asking, well, how did I feel after that? Right? Like, did I feel, did my, lower back pain go away because I've moved my legs, right? Did my mental anxiety lessen because I got fresh air and I saw a bird, right? Like, I I don't know. I like birds, but like, did you do something that made you in your own body, in your own skin feel better than you did two hours ago? Or if you look back over like the three month assessment, right? Like over your past 90 days, like what are you doing today? How are you talking to yourself? How are you feeling? That maybe wasn't habitual for you three months ago, right? And you can totally even separate this from, from how you look, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're operating mentally and even physically, but if you're operating as a better version of you, then like what's there to feel guilty about or feel like you're not doing enough about, right? (laughs) hundred percent. And like, it drives me crazy when I see people like hashtag no days off or two a days, like, like it's something that we have to do. And like, I don't take a day off. Like that's not cool. Like that is not like your body needs that time to rest. And like, it, it doesn't just because you're working out seven days a week, doesn't, it doesn't mean like you're ahead of the game or you're like better than somebody else or however many times you worked out. And, and we're constantly in this, I, I feel I don't know. I feel like there's a big, big spectrum here because you have people that don't move enough. You have people that move too much. And then there's this huge gray area. And and that creates a lot of like wonder of what should I be doing? But at the end of the day, you need to stop worrying about what other people are doing and worry about not even worry, focus on what you're doing, focus on your life and what makes you feel good and what makes you feel valuable and what gets you results because what gets you results is not what's going to get somebody else results. So why are we even worrying about that? Mm-hmm. Your body needs to rest. Let your body rest. If your body wants to move, move it. There are days where your workouts, you're going to absolutely crush it. Like you're going to be working out for an hour and you're like, I just want to keep going. Like I feel amazing. And then there are going to be days where you feel lethargic and your body just cannot feel like you're getting through that workout. And maybe that's a day for a walk. And is that anything to feel guilty about? No, absolutely not. Yeah. You, it's so funny. Like we are so in sync today. I can't even believe it. Like, I feel like you're staring into my soul because you just described, you just described my actual morning or my past 24 hours. Like yesterday, 
I felt amazing. And I went in and I, I love strength training as well. I love to, to do weight-based exercises. And I did that. And I was like, man, I feel so good. Like I could just keep going. Right. But I capped it when I felt done for the day. And then I walk in to the gym this morning for some move freely time. And I was like, man, I'm so tired. And like, I know even if I tried to go over there and lift those things, I would just be thinking about how I didn't want to do it the whole time. So instead I took a walk and I stretched, right. And there's nothing to feel guilty about. That's just the beauty of intuitive movement. And one thing that you brought up again, that's like, we're so on the same level that comes into a follow-up question I wanted to ask because earlier I made the comment that obviously everybody comes into this discussion about movement at a different stage. There's people who are figuring out how to find a movement practice that they enjoy and that doesn't feel like begrudging to them, right? And there are maybe people in the middle who are like, oh, is this for me? Like, I'm not sure. Am I doing enough, right? And then I think there's the upper end of the scale where you were just talking about the no days off squad or like the yeah. keep pushing myself harder. So I want to, since we addressed the people at the beginning of the journey a couple minutes ago, I want to do a follow-up question on maybe people who are listening right now who are experiencing over-exercising or feeling, maybe they don't know that they're doing too much, but the root of it is that they are doing too much. Like what are some signs and symptoms or maybe some things that you can start to tune into if you are doing too much or if you're moving freely too often. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think you hit a point where, um, you know, you, you start off on this journey and working out feels good. And then you feel like you have to do more and more and more. And before you know it, you're working out seven days a week and still feeling like that's maybe not enough. Um, and honestly, that is just as bad, if not worse, as not working out at all. Our body needs rest at least one to two rest days completely off. I'm okay if my clients go for a walk or want to do some yoga, some recovery work. That is okay, but our bodies need to rest and recover because if they don't, we're going to completely deplete our muscles. Um, and, and that has its whole own set of, um, of problems. And it, it can work completely against you where your body's in this stage of constant inflammation and even though, you know, I say stress and people think of stress like, oh, I'm so stressed at work. I'm this, I'm that. No, I mean, exercise is a stress on the body. And, and when you're putting too much stress on that body and it's constantly in an inflamed state, you will not hit your goals. You just won't. And if you do, then genetically you're built different than most people. Um, but most people will not hit their goals if they're not taking rest. Mm-hmm. Their body just can't do it. Your, your workouts will be less effective. You're going to be tired mentally. You're going to be tired physically. Um, and, and you're just going to hit this point of overload where you just can't take it anymore. And then you're going to want to go in the opposite direction and take two months off or you've gotten injured now because you did not let your body rest. Um, and yeah, it just creates a whole new set of problems. Yeah. I think we can draw a really cool and interesting parallel here with like Think about work, for example, like whatever work that you do, we don't think that it's functional or positive or air quote normal to sit at our desk for hours every day and never take a break, right? Like we don't think that that's a good idea, but then if we're on the the upper end or the extreme side of this, this working out and this moving, that's, I don't take rest days. I'm going to keep going. Like it just doesn't make sense, right? If we have to give our brain a break and we have to like sleep every night in order to rejuvenate, rejuvenate our creative energies, then we have to do the same thing for our physical energies, right? Yes, absolutely. So like you, you have to give your body time to heal. So I say like recovery is the architect 
and or sorry, uh, sorry, exercise is the architect, recovery is the builder. Your body will, your body, your mind, everything will not build. You won't get to your goals if you don't let yourself recover. You just absolutely will not. Your body needs time to heal. And I also think your mind needs time to heal. I mean, some people may disagree with that, but I, I mean, mine does a hundred percent. Yeah. And it comes back to what you said earlier, like your brain and your body, they obviously talk to each other all the time. Like uh, all the time. One, of, one of my clients sent me something that was in front of a yoga studio she goes to, and it said, same team, like your body and your mind, you're on the same team, right? So yeah. let's wait for each other. Let's act like we're on the same team. Let's take care of each other. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Same team. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. So I want to be respectful of your time here. You brought so much value. And I feel like the, the whole time I've been like sweating and like my face has been getting red. But before we log off here of our move freely and movement as medicine discussion, I have yes. two final questions for you. So the first one, if yeah. anyone is hearing your message, they're like, Oh, this girl's so cool. Oh, I want to see what her hair looks like. Oh, I want more of her movement tips. <laughs> Um, I want her hair energy. <laughs> I want her hair. I love it. Like hair energy, curly hair energy or double oh, yeah. braids right now. But where do you hang out most often and where can they find more of your energy and more of your content? Yes. So I am on Instagram a lot and it is uh, beautifully conditioned is my name on Instagram. So I know it sounds long, but beautifully conditioned on Instagram. And then I am on Facebook. I have a group called conditioned by Katie and you can find me there as well. I'm constantly posting and my stories connecting with people. And I love to help anyone. I mean, I, I'm just very passionate about what I do and I want to make people feel good. And if you can resonate with one thing that I say, then I am just, that I've done my job. You absolutely are doing your job even by coming here. And if anybody um, is interested in the the plan that you set forth for my group and my community, yeah. uh, reach out to either Katie or myself via Instagram. And I'm, I have it saved on my computer. I'm sure you still do as well. So I we can save that mine. Yeah. Very cool. The move freely workout plan. <laughs> you, I always forget people can't see me on podcasts. I always like do hand You're raising the roof. I'm like raising the roof over here because it's the best thing ever. <laughs> if, podcast, if podcasts had eyes, right? Yeah. But the last question that I have for you. Yeah that I know you're going to slay because you've slayed this whole interview so far is obviously, you know, my message is all about gentle living. So eating intuitively, being gentle with your body and your, your movement routine, like we've been talking about, and also being gentle with yourself in that you're not beating yourself up along the way for everything that doesn't go according to your plan, right? It's really cultivating this gentle spirit. So I'm curious for you, as I ask all of my guests before we log off, what things do you do on a daily basis to live a little bit more gently with yourself? I, I love that. So I, that's something that I still think is, it's something you always are, are working with and learning. I mean, especially as you change and as you evolve, that changes as well. But for me, um, starting my morning off with things that I'm grateful for, and the biggest game changer for me is I am statements. And it's actually something that Kelsey Flanagan taught me yep. um, is, is writing I am statements every morning because it's very easy to start your morning off, you know, with negative thoughts or uh, I hear so many of my clients, especially say, um, you know, like I look in the mirror, I don't love myself. And, and I can relate to that on such like an insane level because I've lived 
my entire 20s pretty much like that um, until now. So starting your morning off with I am statements like I am strong. I am beautiful. I am a badass. I'm an amazing coach. It, it will change your perspective of the day, of your entire day. Take, taking five to 10 minutes to start your day off, um, giving yourself a little love and a little pep talk is, is I think, the best way you can start your day. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's always, um, what do I say to my clients and myself too? It's kind of taking the opportunity to take control or just set the intention for your day before it dictates how you're going to be right. Cause control your controllables. Again, something Kelsey Flanagan says, man, we're going to have to plug Kelsey in this episode. Cause she keeps coming up. <laughs> we need to get all three of us on here. Oh my- so, actually one other thing. Yeah. And this might be different for other people, but for me, nothing makes me feel better than helping somebody else. So I think if you can take, you know, one minute, five minutes, however long it is of your day and do something for someone else, there's nothing more fulfilling and grateful than that. Whether it's giving someone a compliment, whether it's chatting with them, whether it's sending an old friend a message, you name it, do something for somebody else and you don't understand how much of an impact that makes on your life. Pay it forward, right? I love it. Love it. Well, Katie, thank you so much for your time today, for bringing your radiant energy and your, how many times have I said energy? Probably like 50 and your time to the podcast. I will make sure that all of your information is um, linked or at least stated in the bottom. So anyone who's curious or didn't catch her username, make sure to check the, the podcast description and the episode notes, if you will. And as always, if you hear here listening, got any good information, any piece of value from this conversation today, be sure to tap five stars and leave a review. So many of you, and I I love you all. So many of you are listening to this podcast and you're not leaving a review. So I want to know what you're learning. Tell me what Katie taught you, something that I said, whatever resonated with you, leave that review and let us know what you learned. And we'll catch everybody in the next episode. Yeah. I want to hear Yeah, absolutely. We want to hear it. She's smiling on the other end of the line. We want to hear from you. So until next time, yours truly, Katie and Claire. (laughs) See ya. Thank you. Bye. And that's a wrap for episode 34. Thanks for tuning in. You're the bestest as always. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Katie Henderson. Like we said in the episode, go connect with her on social media. She is amazing. And if you got any ounce of value from this podcast, if you're walking away with any new tidbit of information to help improve your intuitive living and intuitive moving, especially for this episode journey, please, I would be so grateful if you could share this episode with someone who you think could get benefit from it. So an easy way to do that if you are on Apple Podcasts is to tap those three dots in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. That will give you a shareable link that you can post on your social media feed. You can text it. You can email it to your grandma. If your grandma likes podcasts and knows how to work a podcast, that's something that you can do. If you're not listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you are listening, you can also take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your social media feed, tagging me and Katie, that's beautifully conditioned, and at Claire Tuning. We would love to see that you're listening and loving the episode. And as always, the only way this podcast can grow, the only way that it can reach more people who need to hear this message is if you take a moment out of your busy sketch, I know you're busy, but I also know you can make a little bit of time to tap the five stars, leave a rating and review, type something in, share with the world what you are learning and what you are loving from this podcast. But until next time, yours truly, Claire.